Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We're in a series that we're going to jump back into here in just a second. Um, And we've been studying through the book of 1 Peter and discovering this this truth that Peter was trying to teach to the church about this reality that we are to be a people of hope to the world that we live in. And we're going to get to that here in a second, but I want to prep you guys for the next couple weeks because we've got a lot of things going as a church. I know this is cool decor, but this is not normally how we... um, dress up the church for Sunday services. We actually are getting ready to head into a week of vacation Bible school, VBS, or kids day camp, whatever term you want to put to it. It's going to be pandemonium around here for a week. And it's one of the coolest times for us as a church, not only to reach into our community, but to help our kids experience God in some awesome new ways. And so from nine in the morning until noon, all this upcoming week, we're going to be helping kids encounter God in some powerful and incredible ways in their life. And so we create this cool environment for them to come to and enjoy. Next Sunday, and I'm, I'm telling you this right now, you want to be here because we're going to celebrate all that God did in that time. Next Sunday, we're going to sing Vacation Bible School songs. Your kids are going to be as loud as they possibly can be. Pastor Jason's going to lead us through the journey of what they experienced this week through VBS and the cool truths that they learned about God. And then we're just going to celebrate all that God has done together. Kids are going to give their lives to Jesus. We're going to see families come to know Christ because of their kids coming to know Christ. And it's going to be an incredible time this upcoming week. So I'm challenging you, number one, be praying for all of those those that are connected with VBS this week. And then this next Sunday, come in shorts and t-shirt, just chilling out because we're going to have a blast together as a church family. And you're going to want to be able to move around. Okay. You're not just going to sit there and kind of do the Sunday morning thing. No, we're going to have some fun together and enjoy a great time. So be here next Sunday. The following week after that is the 4th of July, and we are actually going to be in our community. So here's what we're commissioning you to do. There will be no church, formal church, held here in our building, but you are going to be the church out in your community. And here's what I want to challenge you to do. Connect with your neighbors. Do something awesome with them. Barbecue, hang out, show them the love of Christ through some practical means of being together. And we're going to talk about it today in community. It's going to be an awesome weekend. I can't wait to hear the testimonies of what God does in and through your life. Maybe partner with a couple other families in the church and do something fun. Maybe at a park or wherever you want to be. But we're just commissioning you out for the 4th of July weekend and specifically on the 4th itself to just be in the community around us and demonstrate the love of Christ. Can we do that together as a church? Amen. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Go have fun. Man, some of you guys. <laughs> go to this side of the room. Hey, go have fun. <laughs> Come on, see, you guys got some work to do. I'm just telling you right now. Go have some fun and enjoy just the beauty of relationship and community and what God's doing. How many of you are glad as a church we don't have to be confined to a building? That's one of the silliest concepts, and I don't know how we bought into it, but at some point in time, the American church, for the most part, believed that the church was a place that you came to, not something that you are. And that's really what we're trying to dig up a little bit in this series, that that as we uh, live out this reality of what God is doing in our lives, that the church is actually so much more than just a location. It's a people that are on mission. 
And so this morning, we want to talk about that a little bit and let the, the Word of God speak to us um, in, in deeper ways about how to, how to live out of that place and how to be more, more importantly than just doing. And so we're going to talk about this morning. I just want to give props to Jason and Ellie. They killed it last week. They did such a, can we give them a hand? They did such a good job of opening up 1 Peter chapter 1 to us and really teaching through it exegetically. And we talked a little bit about that last week. I know that sounds like a really cool word. It's not. It just means that you read through the scripture and you talk about what is revealed there. And they did such a great job of opening it up to us. And I know a lot of times when we teach exegetically like that, sometimes it can feel like a lot. I remember I was sitting in, in the group with the Stantons after, after service every week. We, we spend time talking about what God's speaking to us. And I was sitting with the Stantons and I was like, so what did God say to you kind of through that process? And we were all just like, I, I don't know. There was a lot. And how many of you know there is a lot in Scripture for you? There is a lot of things that God is wanting to speak to you about your life great ways to live, things that he wants to set you free from, things that he wants to bring you into. And that is the beauty of the word of God. There is a lot there. And for most of us, we just don't take a lot of time to just stop and process that a little bit. And so we as a church, we just want to be really good at doing that, slowing down and processing what God is speaking to us through his word. And so we're going to do that today. I'm going to lead you into chapter two, and I'm going to put you on the spot. No, I'm not. Uh, we've been reading chapter two together, hopefully as a church this week, in preparation for what God wants to speak to us today. So I'm not going to read through the entire chapter with you, but I do want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter two, and we're going to kick this off today here in just a second of reading just a little bit of this passage and letting our hearts open up to it. And I've, I've gotten to a little bit of a tradition here recently of sharing with you some fun facts. How many of you guys want a fun fact this morning? We need to loosen up a little bit. Okay, here's, here's a couple for you. Here you go. Three presidents, all founding fathers, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe all died on, does anybody know? The 4th of July. Incredible. All founding fathers on the 4th of July. Interesting fact for you. Uh, here's a good one for you. The platypus doesn't have a stomach at all. Their esophagus goes straight into their intestines. Now, I knew the platypus was messed up. <laughs> People say that the platypus was just God going, I don't know what else to build, so poof, there you go. And it just kind of put everything together. But that's a weird one, to not have it. Just moving right along. All right, here we go. Uh, here you, here's a good one for you. I'm a kind of an anatomy and physiology guy. I, I love the human body. It's an incredible machine that God made. Here, here's something for you. All of an adult's human blood vessels, if laid out end to end, would be about 100,000 miles in length. So they could encircle the earth, listen to this, four times. Yeah, and we just happened from a blob and a bang and a, come on people like a hundred thousand miles is inside of you and created by God for a very beautiful and specific function how many of you think that's pretty cool Amazing. all right here's the last one for you this one's a good one how many of you know it's impossible to hum while holding your nose yes we're going to do it right here and now so everybody <laughs> hold their nose come on now hold your nose try humming I'm telling you, every time you come to church, you're getting smarter, people. 
It's a good day to be at church today. Let's jump into to our message. First Peter, everybody's looking at me like, what in the world? It's Father's Day, okay? Give me a break. We're, we're, we're different today. Uh, actually, this is how we normally are, right? Okay, good. Uh, First Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to springboard off of today. And I told you we're not going to like read the whole thing, but I want to remind you that this was a letter that Paul was writing to churches throughout Asia Minor. For those of you that aren't like geography buffs, really what we're talking about is a, a region that's kind of the area of Turkey, uh, current, current Turkey for us. So if you get time, go home, take a look at that region. And Peter had written this letter to them because they were in a messed up situation. Like they were getting tortured and persecuted and things are really challenging. And, and, and Daryl kind of a couple weeks ago just really explained to us that they, they, were, they were in a really hard space. Like it, it was not an easy time for the church. And so he was writing them this letter on how to function together and in that space of persecution, how to live from a place of hope in their life. And so he wrote this letter to them. And, and remember, it's a letter. Like we see chapter and verse, right? We see chapter one and verse two. That's not how it was written. It was written as a letter, like if I were writing to you. And so there's this continuum of thought that's going on in this letter. And he transitions into some different thoughts throughout it. But, but oftentimes when we read scripture, we forget that, that these were written as letters to people to read together and then follow as instruction for them in their local church. And so I want to kind of help us draw us back into that space. Even though we're transitioning from chapter one into chapter two, there can be some continuation of thought that's taking place as we read through scripture. So don't, go, don't get hung up like, wait a minute, he said that in chapter one. That can't be part of chapter two. This has got to, no, 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 no. A lot of these thoughts and things that he's doing, he's building on so that the listener, which would be us or the early church that he was writing to, has something to connect back to in the process. And I want to open chapter two with that understanding because that's really how, how he began to speak. He starts out chapter two. If you have your Bible, we're going to read chapter two, verse one. He says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all kinds of speech. Like newborn babes, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will go grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So he begins chapter two, but he's not beginning chapter two. He's continuing the conversation of what he was doing in chapter one. Go to chapter one, verse 22 with me, if you would. And here's what he speaks to this. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. And now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. So he's saying in this continuation of thought, love each other well. Like be earnest about it. That means be intentional about how you love each other. And then he goes on to say, and what we're continuing to read in chapter two is this place of, so how you do that is you got to get rid of some things in your life. Jealousy, this ridiculousness that we have sometimes in comparison with one another in relationship. Like just, you don't need that. It's not going to help you in community. And so he's building for them this foundation, beautiful foundation of how to be in relationship together. How many of you know that if we would choose to be thoughtful in our love towards one another and we would get rid of jealousy and we get rid of all of these other things that he was instructing us to, we would probably like each other more. 
because we're human, we have this innate ability to, to find fault in each other. And we have this innate ability to want what other people have. And what part of the work of salvation is, is the crucifixion, crucifixion of that in our lives. How many of you know speakers don't always say right words? If you've been in this church longer than a week, you know that. There's this reality that God's trying to do something in our heart and to kill parts of us that don't reflect him well. It's called our flesh or our human nature, right? And part of it in relationship within each other is this reality that we don't treat each other very well a lot of times. But God wants his kingdom to be reflected in his people. So therefore, he's teaching us how to walk together with one another, to love each other intentionally, and to put aside some of these other things. And so Peter's continuing this conversation about community and relationship, and he's about ready to drop a bomb on us. He's about ready to lead us into a place that makes us all a little uncomfortable because he goes on to start talking about this place in chapter 2 where he, we see this picture that God is building something. And it, it talks to us about this reality of not only the kingdom that he's building, but the structure that he's building and that you and I are a part of that. If we continue to, to kind of look down into verse 4, it says, it says, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Now listen to this. You are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. So let me break this down for you. Peter goes from talking about relationship and community and how we interact with each other and don't be jealous of what other people have and, and love one another well and learn how to live out of that place really intentionally. And then he goes into saying, and, and we're connected with Christ in this reality that he's the cornerstone and God's building this incredible thing. He's building a temple that reflects his glory to the world that we're in and that you and I are living stones that are a part of that. You and I are connected together by the intentional building process of God in our lives. Let me put this into terms that's probably going to make most of you very, very uncomfortable. God knows exactly what he's building. He knows why he's building it. And he knows exactly how to fit these stones together. So you may not like who he's positioned you by, but he likes you right where you're at. You might not like the stone. You might look at the stone next to you and go, we don't, we don't even have the same shape. Like we, we don't fit together very well. But God goes, that's perfectly where I need that to be. And here's the beauty of God's building process. When God builds all of the rough edges and funky parts of your life and mine, because you're funky, I just want you to know. God fills in all of those gaps with this beautiful thing called grace. He fits us together perfectly, not because we are perfect, but because he's really good at what he does. He's really good at building things. And so he takes your life and he takes my life and he fits us together perfectly so that we can be a temple that represents the glory and the power and the majesty of God in the world that we live in today. 
This is why it is so important to be a part of a local church. This is why it's so important to not only just be a part of a local church, but to be in relational connection with the people that you're around because you can't be fitted together by being separated apart. You need to surrender yourself to the working of the master builder and know that he knows exactly where you need to fit into what he is building. You know the beauty of this? This isn't, this isn't us trying to figure out if we fit together. He says that he's building this structure perfectly together and that it's all built off of one stone. In biblical terms, they called it the cornerstone, but the cornerstone was a stone that was set, it was firm, it was immovable, it was perfect in every way, and it set the tone, it set the angles for the building structure that was about ready to follow. I could geek out on this and take you guys into all kinds of cool conversations about it. But I want you to picture it this way in your mind. It is the first stone that is set down at the perfectly right angle in order for every other stone to be aligned with it. I want you to hear that really importantly. To be aligned with it, not with each other. If you try to align stones in building a wall or a structure with each other, you'll get wonky in a hurry. But if you have an anchor point, which is what the scripture is teaching us that Jesus is, he's the anchor of your life. He's the cornerstone on which everything should be built on. And the word of God is telling us that God is building his kingdom, the representation of who he is to the world that we live in through the person of Jesus Christ. And he's aligning you to him. That was way better preaching than that. Amen. Sean, thank you for coming all the way down from McCall and amen to me, brother. I appreciate it. Think about that. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, nowhere in this representation does it say you be perfect because you're the cornerstone. No, 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 no. It says Christ was already that. And that's who we are being aligned with in our lives. I love the beauty and the imagery of this because it, it takes us back to what Jason and Ellie taught last week about the salvation that we are anchored in in our life is the very foundation by which we get to have hope for our future. Can I tell you what? The church is not in trouble. Why? Because the church is built on the person of Jesus Christ. He is a sure foundation. The church is not in trouble. The, the church of America, the church that is alive and well in, in the, the world today is not in trouble. Why? Because we are built on the person of Jesus Christ. Here's what the church is getting. It's getting aligned. It's been out of whack a little bit. There's been some funkiness to us. And so God's lining us up with the person of Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can reflect his glory in the world that we live in today. So all the adjustments that God's doing to your life all the things that you feel pressure and pushing and tension and all of these things. Can I just tell you, he's just aligning you with the person of Jesus Christ. Bible terms would say you're being made into the image of Christ. He's setting you into this beautiful temple that he's building. Why? I've said it like six times and I hope you're going to get it today. So that the glory of God, who he is, can be revealed to the world that is around us. Can I tell you, that's where our hope is in community and relationship. The people around you will never be perfect. Stop expecting that out of them. The community, the church family that you're a part of will never be perfect. 
Your leaders, your pastors, those that lead in small, they're never going to be perfect. God never intended them to be so. But what he does do is he he begins to align all of us to the person of Jesus Christ so that we can walk together in unity and purpose for what he built us for. You see, the church is the hope of the world. So as we function together in relationship, as we do life, as we we do all the things that that day-to-day life demands or requires of us, even in those spaces as we walk together in unity and purpose, the world gets to see something different than what they're experiencing in their lives. And that is where the glory of God is revealed in the world. We heard it just out of Trey this morning as he was just sharing from his heart, just thankfulness for the, the prayers and the connectedness of his, the church family here that has been around him and his wife and their family in a really difficult season. When, when people outside of Trey's life get, get a view of that, outside of Marcy's life get a view of that, they get a glimpse of what God is like. Can I tell you, your neighbors need to see that in you. I think one of the greatest things that I've, celebrated and experienced through this season of COVID is the relationship that I've got to build with my next door neighbors. All of them. Of which before COVID, I barely even knew their names. And now we're doing barbecues together. We're having, having times of just building stuff and hanging out and all of this. And, and you know what the coolest thing about it is? They have been watching our family and our life for a number of years now. I hate even saying that. But a number of years, they've been watching us People coming and going from our house, parties in the backyard, the craziness of having you guys over. And, and, and they've been watching this going, what is that? Like, that is, that's just weird. Like, what, what is that? And over this last year, they've got to meet many of you. They've got to connect with you as you've been at our house, hanging out, barbecue, do whatever we do. We had teenagers over every Sunday night, 20, 30 sometimes 40 teenagers at our house and our neighbors are seeing these teenagers hanging out together and having a blast and just being together in relationship and community. And it has opened up the door for us to not just be the church people of our neighborhood, to not be like that pastor guy over there, but to be their friend that we interact with and enjoy time together. We sit in their backyards and we talk about you We talk about our church family. We talk about why we do the things that we do. We talk about the relationships that we're in. Why? Because we're fit together. We're spending time together. And I I know, I mean this, I know a lot of us don't get, or some of us don't get that time together, but, but can I tell you, you should have some people in this community of faith that you are spending time with. You should have some people around you that you're fitted together with and, and, and providing strength and support and structure to each other. Why? Because your neighborhood, listen to me, the people around you who don't know Christ need to see Jesus in you. And they're going to see that because of your connection with the community of faith that's around you. This is why being a part of the local church, this is why walking together in relationship and community is so important. Can I, I'm going to tell it to you as straight as I can. It is not optional as a follower of Jesus, whether you're a part of the community of Christ. It's not optional. Now, Many people want, in, in the day and age in which we live, we think, well, no, I, I get to have my personal relationship with Jesus and be isolated. I, I can live out of that place. Not if you read your Bible. Not if you read your Bible. The Bible never gave us the option of doing this alone. 
We are invited, when you invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, here's what you're invited into, a family, a community, a people. And the only way that you can actually grow in your walk with Christ, there is a ceiling to the growth that you can have personally that you can supersede only in community and relationship together. And God designed it that way because we are the body of Christ. And this is what Peter is talking about here. And this is actually the hope that should be uh, modeled to the world that we're in, the people that we're around, that we do life together. And I'm better because I know Richard. Like, I'm more in the image of Christ because I've spent time with Richard. Him and I have got to travel and do mission trips together and just spend time together in life. And I'm a better representation of Christ because I've walked with Richard. He's helped me grow. He's helped me take next steps in my life. As you look around at the relationships around your life, and this is what Peter was challenging this church to and challenging us to, are you connected in community or are you fighting the builder and trying to stay out of this thing that he's trying to create that represents him? See, most of us think, God, I, th- I, th- I think I could position myself better in what you're building here. Like if you put me around richer people or nicer people or cuter people or whatever people, like, God, I could really be more effective for you. We put ourselves in the position that we are the master builder as opposed to him being the master builder. And I just ask you to humble yourself this morning and I just want to remind you, he's God. He's got it covered. Doesn't need our help. And quite frankly, has never really asked for our opinion in the process, though we freely give it to him constantly. He loves you. He's invited you into his family, but it's his family. He's invited you to be a part of this beautiful thing that he's building that represents him to the world. But can I tell you, it's his structure. It's his design. He's the master builder. He came up with it. And he's got a perfect place for you to rest in peace in. You know what our responsibility is to do? Is to yield to the work of the master in our life. And just say, God, wherever you position me, And whomever you position me around, God, I know that you have purpose in that. So I'm going to grow and flourish in that space. I'm going to let you build what you're wanting to build, God, in and through my life. And man, when we can posture our heart in such a way to yield ourselves to the working of God in us, can I I just tell you, we've been talking about this hope word. That brings such hope to your life. Because then it's not up to you to try and figure it all out. How many of you know that's exhausting? It's exhausting. But God has set you into family and community. And yes, I'm I'm saying this very intentionally. And to the people that you are sitting around right now. Like he's given you the gift of them in your life. My question is, are you fighting that or are you leaning into that? Are you letting his grace fill the gaps around your life and theirs so that you can meld together and have strength and support? Or are you pushing back on that and saying, nope, I got this on my own. See, the heart of God is that through us as a church family, right here in the Treasure Valley, right here in Boise, Idaho, right there in your neighborhood, that people would be able to look at your life and go, man, there's something really beautiful about that. That person has 
community and relationship and connection that gives them hope for what's ahead. And they're looking at their own lives going, I am terrified about what's ahead. I don't have any stability. I don't have any hope. And here's what that's supposed to do. It's supposed to open the opportunity for you to be able to share with them about the goodness of God in your life. And I tell you, that is the mission of the church on this planet. To carry the good news of the kingdom of God everywhere we go in our life. I love having missions teams here because everything that they do this week is pointed towards getting good news out with their life. Can I tell you, we're supposed to be on a mission trip every day of our life. Every moment of our life should be a missions trip for each one of us. So here's what I want you to hear out of today, that God has positioned you well. He knows what he's doing, and he prefaced all of this space of the building process of the kingdom of God with this. Hey, love each other, like be intentional about your love for each other, and get rid of some of these things in your life that would cause strife or tension in your relationships. Get rid of jealousy. Get rid of those things. They're just not going to help you in being fitted together in the way that God wants you to be fit together. Isn't it beautiful just how simple God's word is to us? And I know there's a lot more in this chapter. There's some suffering stuff that we're going to get into at a future time. There's some other relational dynamics. We just opened up the door on relationships. You guys are going to want to be here in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about husbands and wives. It's probably going to be a pretty empty week that week, but I'm just saying you should be here. Because God has some really cool things that he has for us in relationship. And he wants to speak to the most important places of our life. This morning, we're going to close our time together. We do this every week as, as we finish out our time together as a church family. We get together in small groups and we just discuss, what is God speaking to us through what we heard today? Or maybe through what you were reading this week. And we take a few minutes to process the word of God together. How many of you know that the reason we do this is both some of it's science and most of it is just because it's a really good idea to do, to be together. But science tells us that if you come and you listen to this message and you're sitting here, you'll have about 20 to 30% of it within about 12 to 16 hours. By tomorrow morning, 24 hours, you've got maybe 10% retention of what we just talked about. If you take time to have a conversation about it, to be in communication about it, that increases to about 70%. We should talk more. And if you actually take the time to write notes, I know it's weird, like, but if you would actually take time to write notes and solidify some of those things through actual dexterity and writing, that increases by another 35 to 55% in your life. So I'm just saying, if you actually want to learn things in life, talk about it, rewrite it, and be in community with other people, and it'll grow in you. So we take time at the end of our services. I know I just totally like, pulled back the curtain. We're just trying to sneak you guys into learning. Yes, it's true. We are. But you know what's cool about this? When we look at the early church, this is actually how the early church learned. They heard teaching. Then they would sit together in community, and usually they did it over a meal, which maybe we should implement that a little bit more on Sunday afternoons. It'd be awesome. Uh, but they would sit together in, in community, relationship, and talk and together, and then they would go away and process, process that. And this is what we want to encourage you to do. We want you to build healthy rhythms in your life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. So we're going to take a few minutes here, discuss together. Let me pray over you, and then we're going to put the question up on the screen that you're going to be discussing today. Don't put it up yet because then everybody will be staring at it.
Thank you, Jason. Uh, let's pray together, and then we're going to jump together into our, in our groups of, of conversation. God, you're awesome. <laughs> Lord, we are just so amazed, God, at your faithfulness and your goodness in our lives. Lord, I thank you so much for the precious gift of your word. Lord, that teaches us how to walk with you and in being a part of this beautiful family that you've brought us to. And Lord, today as we discuss in our groups, God, just this reality of community, walking together in relationship, Lord. Lord, that you would open new insights to us today through the people that you have positioned us next to. God, that we would learn more about you because of you and them. And God, that today we would not only just be hearers of your word, but Lord, we would take what we've heard and Lord, we would go apply it into our life in every facet of community and life and relationship. So God, would you bless, Lord, just our times of conversation this morning, Lord. Lord, as we go deeper into all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.